All right, all right. It's been a while. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast here on this Sunday, August 2nd, 2020. Yeah, we made it. It's been a crazy summer so far. Uh, A lot of losses. Uh, R.I.P. to John Lewis. Um, NBA is back in effect. Uh, look out for the NBA. They've got that going. Uh, if you're into hockey, the NHL is supposed to be coming back too. So there's some good things on the side of some bad things. And I'm sure there's more good things to come. I mean, this year has not been really good. So. Hopefully, there's some good things that's going to come out of this year. But so far, it's just been really terrible. I'm ready to just kick this year straight through January 1st, 2021. But let's get into what we're here to talk about. Okay. And here we go. So, we're about to talk about the relationship stuff 101, boredom and fatigue theory. Now... As we all know, a theory is just a scientific guess. It's just basically, I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of thinking about different things that cause relationships to come to a point where the two people in the relationship are no longer as enthusiastic as they were in the beginning. And they are no longer feeling the love and the passion and the admiration one another as they did when things first started to kick off you know you have the butterflies in the stomach your heart is racing your hands are sweaty your palms are sweaty you can't wait to see the person and eventually somewhere your hands are dry now you know you want to get away from the person and you want to be in a different environment you need some time to yourself and then everything just goes haywire and a, a lot of in a lot of instances, people don't understand how that reaches that point. Now, the relationship boredom and fatigue theory was initially going to be called something else, but due to copyright issues, I couldn't call it that. And I've actually been thinking about this for a long time. Um, it was supposed to be a part of my relationship book that I was going to come out with uh, that I started writing way back in 2012. And then I changed the name, of course, to uh, my thoughts on relationships. So this boredom and fatigue theory was going to be named something else in my uh, my thoughts on relationships um, book. So let's get let's get right into it. I did, uh, didn't do too much. I did a lot of research, and a, a couple of posts was put on Facebook. One by my sister, one by my cousin. Not by they're not uh, promoted by me asking the question of why do women uh, start to get tired in their relationships. Um, a lot of in a lot of the comments I saw was uh, cheating, um, lack of money, finances, uh, lying, inconsistency, um, loss of pat loss of the loss of the want and the need for passion. Um, fighting and different things of that nature. Uh, so I went and I looked on psychology today 
in Psychology Today took me all over the place. And it starts talking about, um, Psychology Today starts talking about alpha males, alpha women, beta males, beta women, zeta male, omega male, gamma male. I mean, I'm like, holy smokes. I'm thinking, (laughs) are we talking about a frat here or a sorority or are we talking about people? So that being something different. Um, so like if your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, when y'all first started off, if there was an alpha male, that's what attracted you to him. The fact that he was an alpha male attracted you more to him than, uh, than a beta male. So everything that he did or was doing that was so exciting and so great, you loved it because it seemed to be something you're supposed to go after. But if you're a beta female going for an alpha male, you're not going to, you have to understand, you're not going to get that compassion. This is according to psychology today from this alpha male because he's more determined to focus on what his goals and his dreams are. And the alpha male cannot be with the alpha female because she's the same. Now, eventually they'll get tired of each other because there's always competition. They're always going head to head. And there's always fights. There's always heated discussions. And in heated discussions and in fights, there's no room for passion. There's no room for love. There's no room for intimacy in this type of relationship. The intimacy comes from the beta, not from the alpha. So when you start to look at it, just talk about this alpha and beta, you understand what I'm saying? You, you can see in your own relationship, somebody wants to be ahead and somebody wants to, somebody wants to fall back. Now, we were told through religious, you know, standpoints that the man is supposed to lead in a relationship while the woman stands beside him, behind or in front, whatever, wherever y'all want to place the woman at. Um, I, I always say beside, that's what I always say. We walk this path together, as me and my wife talked about in um, the five love languages. And we talked about that before. We walk this path together. We don't, nobody's standing beside anybody. Nobody's in front of the other person and nobody's in the back um but when you look at it like that somebody always feels like they need to be in charge it's almost like you're in a relationship with a person that's your boss and you're not in a relationship with a person that you're supposed to be intimate with now once your relationship turns into a a boss and an employee type of relationship now there's too many commands and demands and it causes frustration and stress. Now that brings me to this website called the Neurotypical, the Neurotypical.com, um, where it talks about emotional exhaustion occurs when you have exceeded your capability for emotional stress. Many, uh, many of us feel it even when we are not aware that we've exhausted our emotional reserves. Emotional exhaustion is usually manifest both by physical symptoms and by a sense of being psychologically and emotionally drained. So let's say you start a relationship off and two years in, there's just been so much emotional exhaustion. You don't know how to find yourself anymore. Now this person that you once adored now becomes a problem. And when that person becomes a problem, you want to get rid of the problem. You want to be away from the problem because this person is causing you more stress and anger than the person is actually giving you any more passion and love. 
once that passion and that love dies out, there's going to be a really big problem because you're going to almost feel as though you need to go search for somewhere else. Now, you've exhausted everything that you can exhaust in trying to fix this. You probably want to go get help from a marriage counselor. You probably talk to friends, talk to a pastor. You probably had conversation after conversation with the person you're in a relationship with, and you're just tired. Now, once you become tired, we all associate being tired with being bored. Oh, why are you sleeping all day? Because I was bored. Oh, why are you laying down all day? Because I was bored. So when you look at being bored and you put that with fatigue, you just look at a person who wants to just completely get rid of the, get rid of the relationship altogether and start something else up new. Now, <clears throat> um, into a, a lot of other things that can, uh, I want to break down this like a uh, reactive depression, guilt, loss of interest, loss of ambition, um, the inability to feel joy and pleasure. Um, I think that's anhedonia. That's what it looks like. Poor concentration, impaired memory, joint pains and muscle pains, emotional numbness, physical numbness. Like emotional numbness is like if your mate comes in the house and, you know, it's, hey, how's your day been? Uh, it's been all right, you know. And then you go to give him a kiss on the forehead and it's like, it's dead. It's no, the kiss on the forehead didn't do anything. The forehead is cold. Your lips are cold. You know, th there's no fire. There's, there's no electricity no more. You didn't shock the person, you know, with that kiss. It, it did nothing. It's emotional numbness. That kiss didn't do anything. It didn't turn on. It didn't turn on no lights. You know, it didn't uh, set the fireworks inside. It didn't. It didn't have one of those moments where we're like, "Hey, put the kids to bed." Yeah, it did none of that. You reached a point where physical numbness. You know, a massage is just a massage now. The person in, in your relationship that you're in a relationship with has went from your mate to a masseuse. <laughs> Let's look at it like this. If your mate is a man giving you a massage, your man giving you a massage has turned into a female masseuse. You're not attracted to women, so basically <clears throat> your mate, that's a man, is now a female masseuse mentally to you. So the touch is not what it used to be. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. And if you're a female and your man is giving you a massage, it's almost like, I think I said that backwards. If you're a man, and your woman is giving you a massage, yeah, I think I'm on point now, it's almost like she's a male masseuse, and that touch does nothing for you. And if you're a woman, and your man is giving you a massage, it's like he's a female masseuse, and his touch is doing nothing for you. That's physical and emotional numbness. I want to stick on those two, because... That's part of what starts to happen as this thing starts to dwindle <clears throat> and then it starts to go a little left. Now, this got these last two, guilt and fear. Um, at a certain point, when you start, you start to reach this point of how you want to say, wanting to exit and wanting to leave, you reach that point, there's, there's going to be some guilt. Because the thing is, you're going to feel as though you 
shouldn't just want to leave and just let it go because in society people always tell you you got to fight for what you want and with your relationship they're hard and sometimes you got to fight for them so giving up is going to give you guilt then you'll fear that you've been in a relationship for how many years or however years you can't go find somebody else that that's going to love you or that you can love possibly for a longer time because all of these things can show their face again and all of these things will show their face again that's why i I initially wanted to name this what i was going to name it before because as you get used to eating at one place right let's say for instance your your favorite place to eat you know whatever that name whatever the name of that place is we ain't gonna throw no names out there once again i said i want no copyright issues your favorite place to eat Whatever your favorite place to eat is, you eat at that place for a year straight. Eventually, those meals are not going to taste the same way anymore. So when you go to another restaurant that may have somewhat of the same things that that restaurant has, you're not even going to order that stuff off the menu. Because now there's a fear that that stuff is going to taste the same way as the stuff you was consuming at the other place. Then you have guilt. You have guilt because you want to be able to enjoy these, excuse me, the things that you held so dear to you and that you've enjoyed for so long. But now there's this emotional numbness towards this place. And this place is just a restaurant. You understand? But in life, everything that you do and everything that you uh, attach to, you become tired. Um, if you drink eight glasses of chocolate milk, by the seventh glass, you don't want chocolate milk no more. There's some foods that you can be eating them in the beginning, and by the end, you're like, why did I eat this? And that's almost what's happening in your relationship. Now, the things I mentioned, we're going to go through that. I want to, um, we're going to break each of those down and, and saying why they do what they do, but I want to keep going here. Eventually, like everything, it's, something's going to drain out if you don't learn how to recycle it. Now, that's what I'm going to get into that. That's going to be the, clo- the closing the closing of this podcast is how do you consistently stay in, in this bubble of passion with all of this other stuff surrounding you. That's really hard, and like I said, like this, and like this passion said, this uh passage says here on this website, it's emotionally draining to do that, and some people can't handle that because it's stressful. But then they go on somewhere else where you see the grass is greener on the other side. You understand? I've always said that the grass is not green on the other side. That's turf. You're just tricked by the fact that it looks so good. But it's turf. That's not actually grass. Sorry. You know, a lot of people have got stub toe, whatever that is for you football players out there. You know what I'm talking about on that turf. So there's there's nothing good about being on turf compared to looking at grass, even though it looks so beautiful. So you have to find a way to, excuse me, get through this emotional, uh, overhaul if you want to say that um now we're going to break down 
these five things that I seen at the top of why people become bored or become fatigued in their relationships. We're going to start off with our number one classic, and that's cheating. <clears throat> if your mate is cheating or has cheated, or if you if uh, you have been cheated on in the past, and then your mate shows signs of cheating, that's going to cause you to not have as much passion and as much trust and as much love for your mate anymore because you have lost the respect for them and you have lost that loyalty towards them and that's just going to cause a bigger rift in the relationship and it's hard to look at somebody who has stepped outside and went with someone else when they were supposed to give that passion to you it's hard to look at that person the same anymore it's hard to feel that love and that admiration for them anymore and as you go on and you go with counseling you go to a a therapist and you try to work things out and you forgive and you go on further there's still that pinch that you're going to feel when you're walking around i don't know if y'all know what i'm talking about but if you ever had arthritis you get it. If you're walking around with arthritis in your feet, you understand what I'm talking about. You can walk, but there's still pain. You can talk, but there's still pain. You know, you, there's still something there that you remember. And if the person has consistently cheated, every time they cheat, that's more and more distance. That's more and more passion loss. And then that causes fatigue. That causes boredom. You understand? Nobody's having fun when they're getting cheated on. They're bored with that. So we're going to move past to the second one. Financial issues. Um, we know, uh, once again, when, you, when you're big into religion, financial issues can become a problem to you. Uh, and if you believe that a man is supposed to take care of you and is supposed to provide for you, his lack of being able to provide and give you comfort and security becomes bored real fast if you've built yourself up to be this type of woman who you know strongly depends on a man to do what he has to do to hold down the fort and if he can't even build bridges and barriers around your fort and have security like brinks you're not going to feel as secure as you need to so you're going to go look in other places now that's that alpha male that you're looking at, you're looking at to somebody who can provide this. <clears throat> this is this is a reason why a lot of a lot of people uh, don't understand. They say why those good girls date bad guys. It's almost like if you're walking through the jungle, you're more likely to pick a wolf than you are to pick a sheep. You know, that's a different conversation though. But that that's somewhat of the same thing. It's about security. It's about protection. It's about strength. You understand? It's about what can be fought off. I live in the jungle, so I'm going to pick a wolf who can fight off different things in this jungle. I'm not going to pick a sheep who can barely fight. They can barely help us if we get in trouble. That's a different conversation. But it also becomes bored if you were a sheep. You're not married. You're not married. You, didn't, <laughs> you ain't got time to be, you know, having little lambs or you're not, you know, you don't want to walk through the pasture no more. You're ready to get out there and, you know, be vicious and gnaw and bite and fight if you need to. So you need that wolf. 
you don't need that you know you don't need that so you move on and we gonna move on to the other one um that i saw fighting fighting is basically the same thing if you're consistently fighting somebody you're not loving them so if there's always a fight if there's always an argument there's always a heated discussion you come home every day to face someone it's like coming into a boxing ring and if you have to always keep consistently coming into a boxing ring that's going to initially break y'all up completely next thing you know y'all might be sleeping in separate rooms or you know y'all might be feeling like roommates living together and the crazy thing about that is in your home it is not a house no more luther vandross told us a long time ago i said this in another podcast that a house is not a home unless the two of us that's basically, you know, we everybody can go listen to the rest of that song. If you need to know what else he's saying, we're not going to do too much copywriting on here once again. But that's basically what it is. And it has to feel like a home to both people. If not, we get more emotional numbness. We get more physical numbness. We get more emotional strain and stress and frustration and, and guilt. There's more fear. You understand? I don't want to have to go home to more fights. So now you feel guilty about not going home, but there's still the fear of going home to get into a fight. That just causes an emotional pull on you. And now you have a big quagmire going on and you don't know what the heck can happen now. So then we get to, um, I, I, I forgot which ones I mentioned. I want to make sure I'm on point. I said cheating financial issues, fighting, lack of, okay, lack of, lack of intimacy. Now, the the word, the we all know that fancy word, but I'm going to say lack of intimacy. Lack of intimacy can be attached to the first three things I mentioned and to the last one that I'm going to mention. So lack of intimacy, that, that starts to go, lack, the lack of intimacy go, intimacy goes along with everything else that we've already talked about if you cheating consistently the person is not going to feel as good to have to go to be intimate with you if you have financial issues going on once again if they've attached their understandings and their beliefs to anything religious then there's always this fight and this thought about why you can't provide other than this thought about why we should be intimate if you're consistently fighting arguing and having heated discussions you're not having heated you're not having discussions about intimacy so more likely you're not going to be intimate if you consistently fight and you're consistently arguing about different things and consistently getting into arguments there's no there's going to be no intimacy at all there's just going to be a lot of fights a lot of arguments a lot of frustration a lot of pain and a lot of anger now people at certain points in their life, they don't know how to deal with stress and deal with anger. They don't know how to have conversations. They don't know how to converse. They've always been combative. This goes into another part of why these people cannot get along because they've never been taught how to com- communicate. Before you enter a relationship, you have to understand how to have an argument. We all we all confuse an argument with a fight. When we say you're arguing, is a fight. I think I mentioned this in another podcast that an argument is not a fight. An argument is what you have when you go, you have to get to a certain point 
and you have to reach a certain understanding and then nobody has lost the person who has the better argument and basically comes out on top and the person who didn't vows not vows but agrees that that's what the plan is and y'all go with that if you have a lot of heated discussions heated discussions don't have no point it's just yelling screaming bad name calling uh and then i, I implore you guys to go get, get the book the five love languages look up the podcast the five love languages i put that book i put the book out there um let me pull that up for you guys real quick i don't want to do that to y'all the five love languages book name because the five love languages to help you understand why a lot of this is happening in two and the five love languages is also help you understand why your partner is probably not feeling the things that you're saying because you're not speaking their love language. Um, the five love languages was written by Gary Chapman. Uh, five love languages, the secrets to love that last. Um, and it talks about a lot of what I'm talking about now about, you know, having about conversating and conversing and using different words instead of trying to use those harsh words all the time using more romantic words and also understanding your partner's love language that way you can speak it in many different ways and you can show it in many different ways and hopefully heal some of the damage that you've already caused by so many bad moments and by so many heated discussions hopefully you can work on that or work on that before you get into a relationship Work on communicating, work on trying to find a way to not get into a heated discussion and turn more discussions into arguments and, uh, and try to uh, have uh, try to have debates with your friends, good debates where you're not getting upset, you're not getting angry. Work on yourself, work on the way you talk to people, work on the way you understand things, work on the way that you you look at life. You got to work on these things because when you get into a relationship, you don't know how a lot of this stuff is supposed to go. You're not going to do nothing but handle it, you know, in the wrong way. And when you handle it in the wrong way, eventually the wrong way of handling it becomes an issue. And once the wrong way of handling it becomes an issue, there becomes boredom. There's fatigue with, with that type of behavior. And nobody wants to consistently deal with with that that's the reason why they get upset and they get frustrated and they want to go in another direction because eventually a problem that persists and the problem that continues becomes a problem they no longer want to deal with now we got emotional numbness we have physical numbness we have the lack of intimacy we have more um doors closing and slamming we have more items being thrown glasses being broken children being hurt we have more of that happening than we have any intimate moments. And then when there is an intimate moment, it's almost like, okay, I'm just ready for this to be over now. You know, and that, and that, when you get to that point, it's really crazy. So even with that, this fear, I no longer love this person. There's guilt because I've reached this point. You know, I'm really supposed to not feel like this. So they come, they come even more stressed. And then they may run into somebody new or, or a new person. And this person gives them that joy back. And they think that, that they need to go somewhere else. Now, the reason why I was going to make this initially, what I was going to make it is because when you go to a new restaurant and you have all this damage, you have all this toxic energy 
that you just left another relationship with, you're not going to do nothing but drag all that into a new relationship. You're not bringing nothing. You're not fixed. You leave a relationship damaged. Any relationship that you leave that's damaged, you leave damaged. So you have to take time in order to be fixed again. So you just running in and out of relationships. You understand what I'm saying? That's like running in and that's like running in and out of burning houses. Why would you do that? Eventually, a house is going to catch you and you're going to burn really bad. So the thing is, once you leave a burning house, you got to go take some time off. You know, make sure you can breathe, get your lungs checked out. You know, make sure you can see, make sure there's no type of damage at all. And you want to be able to be, be able to sit in a new house without that house partially being on fire. Because every time, like I say, you step into a new room with a new person, that house is burning already from the toxic energy you just brought from your last relationship. So you want to make sure you get to a point where there's less toxic energy and there's less misunderstanding about where you was at. So me, I mean, ask for clarity for the, from the person. If you're going to decide to exit, ask for what actually happened, which you're probably not going to get. You're still going to get finger pointing. You're still going to get blamed. There's still going to be an emotional drain showing you. So you may never get that understanding. And that's the reason why I'm making this podcast in hopes to put out an understanding to help both people. See, this understanding is not for men to understand and it's not for women to understand. It's for people to understand. That's a different conversation. When we get into looking at individuals as individuals and not looking at them as anything other than that and attaching to their gender. So that's what we got to look at in that standpoint. standpoint we look at there's different things that starts to happen and you know I say like I said you got to go out there you got to find different uh outlets find somebody you can communicate with find I mean a communications coach may sound crazy you know like I said go have a debate go have really good debates before you get into your next uh, relationship you know uh go talk to some lawyers you know that to find out how to have a good argument Google uh, law case cases. This might sound crazy, but the thing is, you have to be able to have an argument and not have it turn into a heated discussion. You have to have an argument and not to not be able to come to throwing fists. So you may have to have some psychological work work done. So you're not trying to fight every time that you have to get into a situation. Now, because see, when a lot of people start arguing and a lot of people start getting into these heated discussions, there's a fight or flight response that they have. And during this fight or flight response, the body automatically wants to do things that the body wouldn't normally do in certain situations. If you live in, if you live in really on, you know, areas where you're consistently being stressed out, you're consistently being pushed to a limit. You're not going to be able to get in a relationship and have too many good discussions because the area that you live in 
calls for you to get out of character every time somebody tries to push a button. And if you're not easy with getting your buttons pushed, every time you get in a relationship, you're going to lose and blow a gasket because you're not used to getting your buttons pushed. If both people are not used to getting their buttons pushed, if they have any type of, you know, anger issues or any type of psychological issues going on or any type of personal things going on and stress built up, depression that's not built up, fear, anxiety, and all these other different things that's built up on a consistent basis, you'll never be able to have a discussion that's going to cause you to eventually think that you've reached a point in your relationship where you could no longer be intimate behind all of these things that you have pushed out on the table now and you can't even deal with it. So there has to be a lot of work done before you enter your next relationship. I understand a lot of people can't be alone. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to feel like they're alone. They don't want to sit in a dark room by themselves with the lights off, staring at the ceiling, wishing that there was somebody there next to them. They don't want to feel like that. But some people search just for that. They'll leave each relationship just to keep consistently getting that feeling, never understanding. They've never truly found the answer to their problem. They just keep co- they just keep covering it up with a new person. Can you imagine if you throw up in your bed and you just take another cover and you cover that, you throw up on that cover, you cover and you cover that, you throw up on the next cover, you cover and cover that. So each time you keep covering that throw up and covering with new sheets and a new comforter, you're just hiding the mess that's that's hitting beneath, that's hitting deep beneath. Eventually, that throw up is going to start to stink. It's going to start to rise to the surface. So what you're going to do, you're going to either change all of, you're going to either change this bed out or you're going to act like you don't smell it. And you're just going to continue on in life doing the same routine. That's what people do when they jump in and out of relationships. They just keep throwing up in one relationship and they go leave and go into another one. And they still got that throw up sitting there and it's manifesting and it's turning into something that's really disgusting. I don't know if you've ever seen dry throw up before or dry puke before, but it smells and looks bad. But that's eventually what you're doing. And eventually... You might get flies that come in and you got larvae under your bed now. Now you're sleeping on a bed, a bed full of larvae, a bed full of maggots. And everything under there doesn't look good anymore. Everything under that bed does not look good. Everything within it does not look good. That's your body. So each time you enter into that of another, another relationship, your body becomes even more and more diseased, even more and more infested. But you may feel good, but deep inside, there was a song, deep, deep inside, <laughs> you start to really, really feel the pain that you keep trying to escape from. And the best way to escape from that pain, into another relationship. Talk to somebody new. Bring all this toxic energy out of this person into the next person. Then you start to look at the new person as a problem. Not understanding that. You just flashed a lot of that toxic energy on them. Now they become like you. They only try to adapt. As humans, we adapt to our to our, our surroundings. So that person is just going to do nothing but adapt because they're going to think that they're supposed to fight. They're going to think that they're supposed to have these discussions with you. 
men are told many different things about how to deal with women. There's a misunderstanding and miscommunication on what you're supposed to do when it comes to women. That's a different conversation. I'm not going to get into that. But, but because as little boys, we're told these different things, a lot of what women do is accepted as normal behavior. When we accept that as normal behavior, we start to try to become the man now and bulk up. But if that female is not used to a man bulking up at her, she's alpha, or she just has, you know, no care in the world for somebody trying to attack her, basically, like I said, she's she gets her buttons pushed and there's an explosion, y'all going to have an issue. Nobody wants to back down. Now, it's an alpha, alpha situation. Eventually, that's going to become bored. Eventually, there's no kissing. There's only fighting. There's no hugging. There's only arguing. There's no pinching. There's punching. There's none of that. You know, y'all, 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 y'all exchanging, y'all exchanging saliva, but it ain't a tongue kiss. You understand what I'm saying? Spit in the face and, you know, and different things of that nature. Maybe spitting in the cup and doing things to the person like Craig did to his pops on Friday. So now you, the person becomes more of a nuisance than the person has become. I love me or anything like that. Um, now, I went on for a little bit. We want to go to the last one. Inconsistency. I want to, I want to, I want to make sure I stick on that. Inconsistency. Now, I'm going to go on record to say I was guilty for being inconsistent. Um, in the beginning, you start having candlelit dinners. You do a candlelit dinner. The next thing you know, you're in a relationship for five years. She doesn't see another candlelit dinner for six years. The things that you do in the beginning, the things that you do together. I've always said, I've always, I've said this before. You're supposed to kick game all the time. A lot of dudes, they create and manifest these, these words and say these things to females that make them feel good inside and make them accept your invitation. They think that's an invitation. The dude is just trying to get to a certain point to be intimate and then probably boogie or just keep you around, you know, for whatever reason. The dudes can say that this is me, you know, breaking the male, the male code or man code. Forget all that. There is no man code. This is all reality. I ain't got no time to be trying to follow no bro code or nothing like that. But the mere fact that you get game kicked to you is to get to a certain point to get intimate and to just leave you alone or to drag you along for a certain amount of time just to build you up and have you a part of a set of women and women do it too a set of men that you just fought that you just drag along with you as you go on in life trying to feel good about yourself eventually you hit a certain age when nobody wants to deal with you and now you find yourself gnawing and crawling towards a certain person and you bring all that toxic energy into that relationship you decide to have and that relationship just fails um so being inconsistent you have to do the same thing you did in the beginning you know i mean doing it every day would eventually first one would get bored and tired of that because now it's no longer now it's no longer something that's good so inconsistency has to couple inconsistency has to couple with spontane being spontaneous 
So you have to be consistent on top of being spontaneous. So that, and then once again, that was something I was guilty of for is not being spontaneous and not being consistent. So the consistency and spontaneity, they have to come together. They have to, they have to, they have to become a couple and it just has to happen all the time. On top of everything else that I said, great communication and consistent, being consistent, great communication. You understand? No cheating, no lying, being real, being loyal, communicating with your partner, talking to them, giving them respect, understanding who they are as a person, you know, not looking down on them, building them up, you know, cherishing their, cherishing their dreams, pushing their dreams forward, have them push your dreams forward. Too, too many times <clears throat> we get to a point where men are told happy wife, happy life. Now, what a lot of women have to understand with that is that, excuse me, what that's basically saying is that in order for the marriage to survive, the woman has to be happy. But if this man is depressed, you're not going to be happy. <clears throat> that's real crazy. That's like creating a magnet and a magnet. They're not going to come together. So she might be happy, but this man being depressed and being upset and being frustrated is not going to cause a good relationship. You can you can ask a lot of men who've been married for a long time, do, do they just give in to their wife at certain points? And they'll say yes because they don't want the they don't want the they don't want the stress, they don't want to fight with her no longer, they don't want that anger, they don't want they don't want to be combative, they want her to be loving, they want to love her, they want to touch her, they want to <clears throat> hold her hand, they want to be able to rub her back. But if there's consistently a battle, he eventually realizes this. So this is where this terminology, happy life, happy wife, comes from because if he wants all of this intimacy, he has to basically kiss up to her in order to keep her happy now a lot of people won't even kiss their boss's ass so if you won't even kiss your boss ass but you're gonna kiss you gotta kiss your wife ass in order for her to be happy i think that's the bs that's just me once again that's what this theory is based around it's based around my opinion of what i think causes all of this and i think that if you take away that happy wife happy life notion for her to also think about happy husband, happy happy life, and y'all both think about if both people are happy, y'all have a better life, that'd be a lot better than you just trying to please one person in a relationship. That is ass backwards to talk about pleasing one person in a relationship and the other person doesn't mean anything. Once again, too many times we big up trying to keep the female happy doing things but that's what we were told as little boys that's what we was told we'd be we told as men all the time women want this women want to feel like this and if you don't make them feel this way they're going to get angry if you don't if you don't want to lose your well your woman and she go find somebody else you got to make sure you do this if you're in a relationship with somebody who you have to keep consistently doing things for them so that they don't leave you that person that is keep consistently talking about leaving you needs to reevaluate who they are because if you're always looking outside the door when you got problems going on inside that are, that are minute you're going to always have a problem each relationship that you enter you're going to always be looking outside so you'll never fully enter a relationship you just walking through the house 
And see, that's what players do to different to different women. That's what a lot of women who who game men. That's what they do. They just walk through the house. They don't even want to look in the kitchen. They don't even want to see the bedroom. You understand? They come there, come to the bedroom, actually where your bathroom is at, and then they go on. They don't want to see nothing else. They don't want to meet your parents. They don't want to meet your friends. Nothing. It's just in your life and out of your life. Just like that. The door is always open. The back door to the front door. You come through the back, you go through the front. There's a beeline. Straight through. So there's no time to talk. There's no time to talk about anything other than getting to this point. I got to that point. I got what I want. Now I'm gone. People who are like that, they can't enter into relationships because they have to work themselves out of being like that. Because if they are in a relationship with somebody, they're going to always say to themselves, they're not going to take too many things. Then they'll be gone. So that type of person, you will always kiss up to. Um, When you look at this alpha, omega, beta, gamma uh, type of male, they say that that type of person that's like that is called the sigma male. The sigma male is always into himself. He's always ready to move on to the next situation that pleases himself. It's hard to be in a relationship with somebody who is always thinking about pleasing himself, who is always thinking about self-love on, 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 to an extreme. Now, self-love, I always preach self-love because in order to, you have to love yourself in order to go, in order to go further in life, you have to love yourself on top of trying to love somebody else because if you don't love yourself if you can't look in the mirror and say that you're beautiful when somebody else tells you you're beautiful you're not going to feel it you i mean you'll feel it just to get that at that you know that uh confirmation from somebody else but eventually that's not going to do anything for you because you don't feel that so then you'll eventually think that the person is just saying that to say that because you don't feel it there has to be some type of point you get to about self-love. I don't want to back too much off um, consistency because consistency is really important. Um, I want to make sure that men understand that. And I said that before. You have to make sure you kick and game all the time. Everything you're doing, you do it all the time. I'm actually looking at some flowers that are withered away here um, that I've gotten. You know, and I try, I try not to even bring flowers all the time. You may be the type of man who brings flowers or candy once a month. Eventually, that's going to get played out. I mean, it sounds romantic. But if a female was to hear that, oh, he brings you flowers and candies every month. But on top of everything else I just mentioned, that flowers and that candy is going to cause emotional numbness. So you have to, you have to be spontaneous and consistent. Those two things have to couple. Spontaneous and consistent. What's a word we can use for that? Spookus. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be serious. So I don't want to be too goofy. But they have to couple. They, those two things. They have to come together. If they don't, you're gonna have a whole lot of problems. You're gonna have a complete fallout. Um, and things are gonna go really bad. I don't. I believe I covered a lot of things, but the relationship stuff, 101, boredom and fatigue theory. Now, what this theory says to you. Is that if, basically, if you are not consistent, passionate, communicative, 
focused, educated, determined, loyal, faithful, and willing to survive in the relationship, your relationship will come to an end. That's the thought, that's the that's the hypothesis of this whole theory. That's the hypothesis, that's the ending of this whole theory. This theory is based around everything else I just did around everything I talked about. And it can go so many different places. You know, I don't want to drown y'all with so many different ways this can go. I want y'all to be able to listen to this. And if you want me to do another podcast on this, just let me know. You know, when, when I start to put this out in different outlets that's going to be in, if you want another podcast done like this, you know, you can follow the Relationship Stuff 101 group on Facebook and leave a comment there or, um, Relationship Stuff 101 on Instagram, Relationship Stuff 101 on Twitter, Relationship Stuff 101 on YouTube, Relationship Stuff 101 on Reddit, Relationship Stuff 101 on TikTok, Relationship Stuff 101 is everywhere right now. So if you can, wherever you can look up Relationship Stuff 101 and leave a comment and say, hey, I really like that podcast you did, the Relationship Stuff 101 Boredom and Fatigue Theory. I would really like you to do another podcast attached to that and then something like that, you know, to get a little bit more deeper on some of them subjects that you talked about. Because I really believe I got as deep as I can get um, with this because a lot of a lot of times I don't like to beat a dead horse. It's a lot of these things that I'll talk about that people hear, but they don't want to hear at certain times. So if it doesn't fit their mold, they don't want to go with it because it doesn't work for them. It doesn't make them feel good. And it, and that's what the thing is, is this. Selfishness is not allowed in relationships. If you're selfish, that's not allowed in your relationship. Selfishness is not allowed. We need selflessness. We need unconditional love. If your love has reached a point where you consistently need conditions, Listen to my podcast about unconditional love on the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast, uh, part, uh, you know, here on the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast. Listen to that episode about unconditional love because I'm not going to go too far in it. I'm going to push you to that episode if you want to understand what I'm saying. If your love is based on conditions where you have to say, well, I don't, I didn't love him because he didn't do this and he didn't do that. So I didn't love him. I, I noticed that tit for tat in the comments that day. Um, well, he don't do this. I'm not doing that. You know, if, if that's not happening, this is not happening. And when you get to that point, that's bored. A, a, a man eventually becomes bored of that. Well, I'm not going to give you a massage. You ain't give me a massage. I'm not going to touch your hand. You ain't touch my hand. That's childish right there. That's what children do. You ain't give me no candy. I'm not giving you no candy. That's where that comes from. So you bring that into relationships <clears throat> and that becomes an issue. You have to get to a point, like I said, where you're submissive. Being submissive. You have to be submissive. Hey, babe, can I get a massage? Sure, you can get a massage. I don't need one in return. It's unconditional love. There has to be unconditional love in a relationship. That's the that's the key to survival. Unconditional love is the key to your longevity. Because you're no longer basing the love that you have to for this person on anything that they're doing. And everything that they do does no longer bother you. You still love them regardless. It's like your child. You can have a, a fallout with your child. Y'all cannot talk for years. 
but you still have that love for them. You come back together and you feel like y'all just was together yesterday. A lot of people are at a point emotionally where they can dis- distance themselves from their children and have this consistent hate for their child. Then they go into relationships with people acting like they're the most passionate person in the world when they actually hate and dislike the one person that they brought onto this planet. That's a different conversation. When you hate your kid and you dislike your kid and you talk crazy to the person, the one person you gave life to, you have emotional issues and you need to stop trying to make people love you when you can't even love the one person you born on this planet. That we got to get serious about that. A, a lot of this stuff we got to get deep about. If you can't even show your family members any love, if you can't say hello to your aunt that you didn't talk to in years, if you can't make up, you know, make up with your cousin that you had this beef with that happened back in 1996, all of these crazy things, you're not, you're not going to go into a relationship. It's like that throw up I talked about. You keep creating all of this bad energy everywhere, all over the place. And then you try to get in relationships and be passionate. You're not a passionate person if you got all of this bad blood out there. I think y'all need to go listen to Taylor Swift. You know, now we got bad blood. <clears throat> um, as I push that song to you, there's so many different things that causes so many rifts. And, you know, of course, you got social media. With social media, people in different relationships, they have access to so many different uh, things out there, so many different distractions. We have cell phones, we have let, we have tablets. You know, you have Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. You're trying to, you know, put your latest Snapchat up all while the person wants to kiss. You're too busy working on your Snapchat to make sure you get the right angle or the right shot. That's where we at nowadays. There's no, there's no more passion anymore in a lot of things. The cell phone is getting more intimacy time than the person. So there's no emotional numbness for the cell phone. If somebody was to drop their cell phone, they would feel more bad, more bad worse if they was to spit in their mate's face. That cell phone holds that cell phone holds more weight than the person that you're supposed to love and the person that you're supposed to uh, cherish and hold so dear to you. They are basically um, subtracted to being less than a technical device. Well, do you think about that for a minute? We're going to do a little quick moment of silence. I want y'all to think about that. We done thinking? We back? The person that you say you love and the person that you are in a relationship with and you're supposed to have all this passion for has been decreased to being lesser than your technical device. Where does that love come from? Where does that passion come from? Where does that consistency come from? Where does that drive, that admiration I think I'm saying that word right. Where does that come from? To make sure that that cell phone is taken care of. To buy a new case when the old one is broken. I just had to buy another screen protector. I dropped my phone so many times. My last screen protector was broke. But I fixed it. That's what I did 
of my marriage when I noticed I wasn't being consistent, fixing it to make sure that I'm doing the things right this time as much as I can to try to put that work in. And <clears throat> on top of trying to not tell a lie and trying to stay truthful, never cheating. I don't even condone cheating. When people even talk to me about cheating, I look at them like they're crazy or they're going bananas. I don't even condone it. <laughs> when I hear other people say, yeah, yeah, I thought about, you know, stepping outside. Like my, uh, one friend of mine, I'm not going to name no names. And he was telling me he was cheating. I don't agree with that. I'm not here to laugh with you or, or say jokes. That's not funny to me. Playing with people's feelings is not funny. There's nothing funny about that. So when your passion is gone, you don't understand why. <clears throat> but you feel good in the moment of, you know, intimate with so intimacy with someone else. But in all, you're not doing nothing but causing a rift in your relationship. Um, I once said that people get together, people break up and get together like shattered glass. Now, I, I, I broke that down to be if you keep consistently having fights, that's like throwing a ball through the window then trying to put the window back together the way it was, it looked when you keep throwing these little tennis balls through the window. That window is not going to look the same. And that's how your relationship starts to look. Excuse me. <clears throat> After a long period of time, it no longer looks the way that it does. Fortunately for you, and not for people who have windows, you can actually make your window look the way it did. But both people are going to have to be willing to bring this thing back together out of the slump. Can that happen? It's going to be really hard because there's so much psychological drainage that has happened. It's almost like you take a battery and you've used that battery to the point <clears throat> where that battery is not doing anything to the device that you have it inside of. That battery is no longer any good. And even if you recharge that battery, this battery, this relationship battery, it's still not going to do as much work as it was doing before. You ever had a dull screen on your phone when your battery was at 5%? That's what it's going to look like. It's not going to be bright. It's not going to shine. It's going to always be dull. And that's the sad thing because both people have to be on the same page when it comes to bringing that percentage back up to a significant amount. When you charge your battery on your phones, a significant amount is 80%. If you can get your relationship back to 80%, you should be good. Because is it going to work way back up to 100%? It can, but it's probably going to take longer than getting it to 80%. Um, then when you get to 80%, you got to make sure you stay at 80 It has to stay at a significant charge. Because if it drops down below 80, it's going to get to 50. And it drops below 50, it's getting back to 5%. Because we're, we're falling fast here. But to reach 100%, 
See, 100%, you came into a relationship at 100%. You came in at 100%. Some people think you build up to 100%. No, you came in at 100%. Because there was this, there was there was no knowledge. So without knowledge, came your came your loving ignorance. Ooh, came your loving ignorance. Your loving ignorance, <laughs> basically the unknowing of this person you're in a relationship with, is what made you feel so good in the beginning. So with your loving ignorance was at a hundred percent. So your battery was not at a hundred percent. When you walked in the or the door, you was probably at ninety percent, and then next thing you know, all these other different things started to happen, and it dropped y'all down past eighty. So you just want to build up to eighty percent, because a lot of that stuff that came in the beginning was made up. It was the unknowing. Now that you know the person, you'll never get back to a hundred percent because you know what you're dealing with. There's no more, there's no more surprise. Now, if the person does keep consistently surprising you, you still got things you know about the person. So it's still it's still not gonna cause that oh wow effect. There's different things that can cause that oh wow effect. Brand new car, diamond ring, you know, uh whatever the male may like, you know, weeds or you know, um <clears throat> basketball, uh what you what you got what you got out there, fellas? What 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 y'all what y'all like you put out there? Not coming to me right now, but um, whatever the male may like and hold dear to himself, you know. Hey, spin go ahead. You you good to get your PlayStation Five and you know yeah, your Xbox or the new Xbox. Here you go, boom. You know new video game. Here you go. Whatever makes that person feel good, but that even though those two things are happen spot spontaneously. You're never going to be back to 100%. Somebody can charge, change, uh, somebody can challenge that to say, no, you guys can fully charge your battery. You know, you can fully charge your battery to get back to where you was at. You can fully charge your battery to get back to where you was at, but you're still going to have heated discussions. If you have children, there's going to be moments where you have to have these discussions that's going to be uncomfortable. And having them discussions, are is going to cause someone of a risk going to feel like a rift again so you're going to feel that want that need to escape that need to want to fight or flight so that's why i say 80 percent because that's a significant charge it's not all the way because you're not trying to be perfect 100 percent is perfect no relationship is perfect no relationship is staying at 100 percent you came in at 100 percent like i said you're loving ignorance I'm going to Google that right now. And I don't think that's a word. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think loving ignorance is a word. Are we gonna, I'm going to Google that right now while I got y'all, while I'm here. Loving, knowing ignorance. The, Okay, so it is something called the loving, knowing ignorance, a problem of the educational mission of museums. But okay, loving, knowing ignorance, a type of arrogant perception that produces ignorance about women of color. Okay, that's something totally, totally different. 
But your loving ignorance is not. Your loving ignorance. Yeah, your loving ignorance. I just Googled it. It's not a word. So that's basically y'all just have. Y'all have just been introduced to what I usually do when I attach something I created. And that's basically what your loving ignorance is. You're in love in the beginning, but because you don't understand. Ignorance is the unknowing. That's what ignorance is, regardless of what anybody else tells you, regardless of whatever you've been told, or whatever you feel when somebody tells you you're ignorant. You're ignorant because you don't know. And because you don't know, you understand, when when you start off in a relationship, you have all of this love and all of these feelings and emotions going on because you don't know how the person is truly once you find out how they are all of this intimacy leaves so when you first into a relate to a relationship there's this loving ignorance that you have that causes you to feel these butterflies because you don't know you're in love with your ignorance that's what you're in love with the fact that you don't understand or know what you're basically being introduced to always being introduced to you so you have to understand how people are and understand that you may have possibly ran into somebody you're not going to be able to completely deal with as time goes on. So you ask yourself, when you first meet somebody, can I deal with this person? Is this person somebody that I can, you know, see with, see myself being with for the rest of my life? If you say no to yourself and you still decide to go on with that person, you're ready for a battle. You're ready for a fight. So have a good time getting that battery and keeping that battery at 80%. Because if you think that you can't, if you think that that this thing is not going to work out, it's not working out. If you think for a minute that it's not going to work, it ain't going to work. Because you already don't have no confidence. You've walked through the door with no confidence that the relationship is going to survive. So basically, you've already destroyed everything. Um, once again, I, I believe I touched on a lot of what you have to do to make sure you keep the fire going. How do you keep that fire going? You understand? When you when you need fire in the chimney, you go buy more wood. If you have a... If you have a, a forest in your backyard you have an abundance of wood to keep consistently going out there chopping down trees you want to in your mind you want to put up sequoia trees you want to have an abundance of, of sequoia trees in your backyard so you have a lifetime of wood to keep consistently burning that fire in that chimney also the person in the relationship with you has to have an abundance of sequoia trees as well. Y'all both had to be on the same page. Happy wife, happy life. Scratch that. Happy husband. Happy buzzing. Uh, whatever we can use that 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 uh that rhymes with husband. Both people need to be happy. Both people need to be taken care of. Both people need a massage sometimes. Both people need to be told they're appreciated. Both people need to be loved. If we keep always talking about how we have to satisfy women, we're going to forget that you're leaving the men in the dark. And what do men do in the dark? They cry. A lot of men plot. A lot of men plan to do other things in the dark.
and then next thing you know, you're dealing with a problem. But it's because he spent so much time investing in keeping you happy and nobody worried about his happiness. And you see, that's a that's a different conversation. Nobody wants to have that conversation because it's almost as though men are supposed to be strong. Now we go into uh we go into toxic masculinity. That's another conversation. Shout out to my cousin Lewis. We go into uh, toxic masculinity where boys are being told they have to be strong and they have to, you know, bulk up like men do and poke their chest out and stop trying to have emotions. Now you got a problem because you have a man who don't want to be emotional and who don't want to bow down and give you the, 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 the uh, passion that you need. And that causes a rift in your relationship. It's okay to cry with your wife. If you, if so, it's okay to say you're wrong. It's okay. It's, it's okay to it's okay to, to back out. It's okay to not know. You know, it's okay to be be broke. Then the female that you're in a relationship with has to understand if you don't have ten dollars to pay for gas because he struggled uh with, with trying to find some type of employment and y'all don't have ten dollars, y'all both gotta try to fight to get it. That sounds like something no woman wants to do. But you're gonna if you get with a guy that has a whole lot of money. He's really rich, and then he just gets down on the dumps. You're just going to keep running in and out of that door trying to look for rich men. Not understanding that those men could eventually lose their wealth, too. So you have to go into the relationship understanding that at a certain point, you can get with somebody who's not going to have that much dough. So you have to keep yourself together. You have to make sure you got enough dough. And if you're going to get in a relationship, you have to be willing to also sustain the wealth. Keep it at 80%. That sounds crazy. It may sound crazy, but there's a lot of different things out there that are about relationships that sound really crazy to me that we're not going to get into. That keeps consistently having people have these fallouts and they don't know why they're having the fallouts. Once again, it's selfishness. You don't want to do things. You don't want to bow down. You don't want to give up your way of living. You don't want to give up your way of looking at things so you don't understand why you have these fallouts. And this is why you have these fallouts. Because you don't want to be you don't want to bow down. You want to try to stay the way that you are. You know what I'm saying? You want to present a hundred percent, but you're actually at thirty percent. That's crazy. Then you get with somebody who's at thirty percent, y'all only at sixty. Y'all never reaching eighty if y'all both don't want to give up y'all stubbornness. So your relationship will always be on sixty presenting itself as 100% and then y'all just always having these fallouts eventually y'all get drained hit 1% now somebody's leaving and going in a relationship with somebody else at 1% and that person may be only be at 2% now you got 3% using too many battery references so we're going to back off of that hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast like I said once again wherever, whichever form you catch me on let me know if you enjoyed it let me know if you want to hear uh, more about this relationship stuff, one-on-one boredom and fatigue theory. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Hopefully, uh, in your relationships, you guys can find some type of peace. You guys can find some type of um, avenue that you guys can agree on walking down and going strong and staying together and building towards a greater you, towards a greater future, towards a greater peace, a greater uh, existence amongst each other making that house feel like a home making your kids feel that you know mom and dad love each other they're warm and they're passionate about each other 
and they're doing what they have to do to make sure that we have a great family and make sure that we actually get into relationships where we feel secure and we feel safe as well. So once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, got a lot of things coming up. I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it out there. I got a special thing that I just create created, excuse me, along with some with a friend and a couple of cousins. Uh, it's going to be the first annual Relationship Stuff 101 Night of Poetry. Uh, the date is going to be September 12th at 8 p.m. We're looking at if, it, if anything changes, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm not going to name any names because uh, one of my cousins hasn't committed yet. So I'm looking for him to commit here soon. You know, if he doesn't commit, I still love him. You know, we'll catch him in another podcast, but I don't want to put any names out there until I know that everybody's going to be there. And then, you know, this event is going to be at its full capacity. So just just that's just as a one announcement I wanted to make before I go ahead and close this out. So stay tuned. September 12th. 8 p.m. will be the first annual Night of Poetry for Relationship Stuff 101. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so, yeah, Relationship Stuff 101's Boredom and Fatigue Theory. What did you guys think about it? Let me know if you enjoyed. Um, go check Relationship Stuff 101 uh, YouTube channel out. Subscribe. Um, follow the group on Facebook. Follow us on Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, um, TikTok, Reddit. Join the group on Reddit, wherever you want to join. Um, so, as always, I'm going to go ahead and close out with my understanding compared with your understanding. We can create a great understanding. This has been Relationship Stuff 101's podcast here on this Sunday morning. August 2nd, 2020. I hope you guys have a great rest of your summer. Make sure you're being safe out there, protecting yourselves, wearing gloves when you go out in public, wearing your face mask when you go out in public, washing your hands for 20 seconds. You know, let's hurry up and get this coronavirus over and done with. And I'm going to catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.